and welcome to Not Safe for Lockdown, uh, a short, a mini podcast about the lighter side of staying in your house. The lighter side of not doing any research whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I'm Georgia. I'm Jessica. And we have both sat under duvets on the hottest day of the year so far in order to try and record uh, some from home mini episodes uh, to sort of try and get a bit of a conversation going about what it's like to be a PhD researcher at this time when use of the word unprecedented is reaching unprecedented levels and uh, nothing is normal, every day is exactly the same and doing anything is borderline impossible. But we're going to make it fun. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of like so much and so little to talk about and hopefully in these mini-sodes without having someone talking about their research we can get to the nitty-gritty of what this is like and hopefully it can be safe for posterity about being an academic in these uh, as you say unprecedented times <laughs> so you had something that you wanted to talk about yeah I thought it might be interesting to do a sort of a day in the life where both of us talk about what a typical day is like for us at the moment so uh, for posterity we're recording on the 24th of April 2020, we are five weeks into the official lockdown, or thereabouts, and most people have been home for, has been staying home and self-isolating for about five weeks, social distancing. Yeah, I started on the 17th, so one, two, three, four, five, yeah, I'm getting in on my sixth week, it's sort of flown by. Yes, it's somehow managed to be unbelievably boring and go very very quickly (laughs) yeah so yeah I guess uh one of the things that I thought would be interesting because I talk to Jess almost every day it stands out that we have quite different daily routines and we're both kind of getting through this in quite different ways but then there's some interesting similarities as well so yeah Jess do you want to sort of tell me about like What's been your typical lockdown day? Well, I followed all the sort of like silly guidance that you read online that in order to survive lockdown, you should follow your everyday routine. So in normal life, I get up at around 5.30 and do my run and my workout, have breakfast and start work by about 8.39. On a typical day, living in Manchester, including travel, I've tried to keep that up and I've actually been quite good in terms of getting up early that similar time during the week. And actually it's worked out really beneficially for me in terms of getting my run in. So Georgia will know that running is like my favourite thing to do in life. And going running at that time in the morning, because of lockdown, there are so many more runners on the street. You can't move for runners, especially in London, which is now where I'm in lockdown. And... 5.30 is just a dream to be going running it's everything's empty and now that it's getting into spring it's light and it's blue and it's really a big mood booster and then I try to work once I've kind of had my breakfast I try to work for the day and I take my lunch at my normal time at one and then I work until about five but what is coming out is not kind of what I wanted and when I started this I wanted I was like I'm not going to force myself to work 
and I sent an email to my supervisors like you did Georgia saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna produce anything of good quality so don't expect me to work so for the first four weeks I actually didn't really do that much um, and I did some of the like side things and then now I'm kind of starting to work a bit more but still maintaining those weird hours that I've kind of adhered to for the past year and a half and then what about your your post work downtime what do you do once you put your laptop away for the day mm. well I've been I've always been really into cross stitching <laughs> yeah I've really enjoyed seeing pictures of your cross stitches yeah so I've now got a huge very laborious cross stitch which is a old map of the world oh a map of Mundi yeah map of Mundi and I'm hoping it's going to see me through which map of Mundi so, is it um I don't know there's a very uh, I only ask because near where I grew up in Hereford there's a famous one oh this is kind of a generic one I feel like I just got it off Amazon I think it's like mass produced in China living with my parents has been a good decision because they have a garden mm. so I can always I just sit in the garden and just do my cross stitch I've been caning the audibles mm. I don't see it as any different from my everyday life when I get home from uni I sit down and watch tv for about five hours and then I go to bed here I just walk downstairs and watch tv for five hours then go to bed <laughs> and what about like getting sleep are you finding it that your sleep pattern's sort of been okay? Um, I'm probably staying up a bit later. I'm finding the lack of social mm. contact meaning means I've been more hooked to my phone than I've ever been in my entire life. It has become my third arm. And then I beat myself up about being so hooked to it. And then I, then I tell myself, it's actually, you know what, it's okay to be hooked to your phone because you're literally not seeing any of your friends. But then I'm like, well, if I'm hooked to my phone, obviously I'm not producing or like go, doing any proper work. So often I stay up really late just talking to people on my phone until 11. But in terms of getting to sleep, I'm finding it okay because I've been tired. Like, you know, getting up early does make you actually tired. The dreams, apparently it's producing vivid dreams, but mine are no less vivid. What about yours? I have been finding that I've had very, very intense dreams. Um, I, I know the most boring thing in the world is people it's talking yeah, about I know. their dreams. Well, it hasn't, st- it. Has, it hasn't stopped people from doing it during lockdown. I don't think they've got the memo. No, um... So usually my dreams, when I remember them, I'm conscious during the dream that I'm dreaming, but that has stopped. Mm. I'm normally a lucid dreamer, and now I have these very involved, very realistic, and extremely violent dreams. <laughs> I'm just like an absolute murderer in my no. dreams at the moment. It's the worst. <laughs> That's, well, I did have a dream that I was put into prison for a crime I wasn't sure I committed, and um, they wouldn't put me into a woman's prison, so I was in a male prison. But then I was like, well, this is such a lockdown dream to dream mm. that you were in prison, right? This is like textbook, yeah. What about your routine? Have you got a routine? I No. And even though I was very aware of, you know, that to, to get the best results and to feel okay during lockdown, you should try and achieve a routine, it's not been something that I've been very successful at. Um, for the first few weeks... I did wake up quite early. My, so before lockdown, my weekday routine was typically to wake up at about 6.30, leave the house about 7.15, uh, go to the gym with my husband, work out for about an hour. Um, then I would usually get into work. It seemed to take me a long time to get from the gym <laughs> to the office, so like 9, 10-ish. Yeah. Um, maybe teach, maybe do some research, but, you know, like 
have a work day that would normally span from, let's say, 10 till 4 with a nice long, very sociable lunch break. And that was what I really kind of thrived on. I'm quite a naturally um, extroverted, outgoing, you know, people-oriented person. I need interaction with other people to have the best, you know, my best day is a day spent talking to people. I didn't manage to carry on waking up at 6.30 because it just seemed like what's the point Mm -hmm. (laughs) so my a typical day for me right now I probably wake up at about 8 30 takes me about an hour to get out of the house on a run I start with I drink a liter of water then I drink 600 milliliters of pre-workout BCAAs and caffeine uh, so that I am absolutely buzzing (laughs) (laughs) then I run for as long as I can um I was I told you this morning that I it's the 24th of April today and I have ran 100 kilometers since the 1st of April so amazing it's about like an average of four ish kilometers a day which is not very far but um I am not a big runner I was always weightlifter before this so Mm. it's been like a cool thing to get into I get back from my run it's normally by then it's like 11 (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like I can't work until I've had lunch Um, so I'll normally do something kind of relaxing then I do the the cooking at home generally Andy my husband is absolutely amazing and does tons of stuff around the house and he's also working from home at the moment so you know cooking's kind of the least that I can do so I'll make us something for lunch and then my work day normally starts at about 12 30 mm. and lasts until about 12 45 <laughs> 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 I yeah I'll I set myself very very low targets I might aim to read a journal article or send a Mm. couple of emails because I have I have found that this is beyond an unproductive time for me it hasn't worked to try and do much yeah and I guess hopefully in another episode that we know is forthcoming we'll talk about that productivity question so we don't because that is a whole other thing in itself yeah um then my work my work day actually finishes at five but I've you know I just use that kind of four to five hours to try and do little things slowly um and then I have a little ritual where me and Andy share a can of coke at the end of the work day um I'll cook some dinner and then yeah usually tv or youtube for a few hours um I find I think probably because I'm waking up late and because I'm finding it a very anxiety inducing situation it is I find it very very hard to get to sleep at the moment so we have a a whole little routine where like it reaches a certain point and uh and it will put on something really boring on the tv and I have to like fall asleep on the sofa and then he has to kind of like while I'm still half asleep chase me into the (laughs) bedroom so I'm like have you Um, had um like issues of sleeping prior to this yes we're obviously we'll talk about this a bit Mm. more in like another episode but like when my mental health takes a dip my ability to sleep is quite badly affected or like my sleep pattern I should say because I'm sort of tired at the wrong time and awake at the wrong time tend to get like low mood coupled with big spikes of anxiety and Mm. I will just get to the end of the day and it's time to go to sleep and I'll just sort of lie awake and think what was the point of today like what did you achieve what's you know all all this kind of quite negative self-talk which is 
quite addictive in a very negative way. Yeah, it can be super compulsive to uh, do it, especially if everything that you're consuming, you know, on the media is negative. The media Mm. thrives off negative headlines. So it kind of really normalises it. And so, yeah, watch, I read the news in the morning and I've that that's always been my routine is to read like the rundown of yesterday's events in the news. And normally in, when I'm at home, we kind of watch the news at seven o'clock on BBC News. Um, but now that like my dad doesn't even turn it on anymore. Um, so it's kind of like straddling that fine line of keeping up to date of what's going on, but not to the extent that it can just really bring you down. Mm. From before lockdown times, I've been a person who doesn't like to have a lot to do with the news because I, I because it's it's very obviously calculated to make people upset and afraid <laughs> and um uh and I don't I try and avoid that kind of energy but obviously just like you I have become absolutely I was already a bad phone user like a, mm. really addicted to my phone before this and now I just you know I don't all I want to do is be on my phone, you know, and mm. and you can't avoid the news then. And you don't get the news even in a controlled way where it's like, oh, go on the BBC News website and read some, like, loosely impartial, shall we say, some attempted yeah. impartial journalism. You only see it in terms of people's posts, people's takes, people just being like, oh, this is going to kill a million people. And, like, yeah, it's a lot. Mm. So factoring the news out of my routine has been important. On the weekend, I've I've realised how much I can thrive off really not putting that much in my day. And I'm already a routine. I think I have to kind of or really stress that I'm such a routine person. I thrive off it. Um, it's just been such a normal part of my life anyway. In fact, coming off routine really shakes my foundation. So while being in quarantine is not a routine, it's also really engineered for people to have routine um and on my weekends i can just yeah find lie in do like my sport which might be like a long run or something and then just put on my audible and do my i can just cross stitch for hours i feel like a 70 year old woman but it really does help pass the time don't get carpal tunnel i mean yeah i I feel like i am getting like a right hand a right my right shoulder is like slowly hitching up because I like maybe I should switch hands <laughs> <laughs> it's probably quite tricky mm. I haven't got to the point that where the days drag yet and I'm starting to wonder whether when you're in prison or something the days just flow into one another yeah I have actually been surprised by that like I said at the start like every day is unbelievably boring but also I blink and it's four o'clock like yeah. I, d- I don't know what is happening to me but there's big chunks of every day that just aren't writing to memory (laughs) um yeah so it's gone very quickly in a way but it's it seems to sort of stretch out in a a strange eternity just Mm. to kind of bring this back to a, a sort of concluding thought for this mini episode we obviously we speak to lots and lots of people who are academics on a regular basis we talk to our supervisors to our friends who are uh, PhD researchers or people who are early career researchers Um, and it seems like a lot of people are having the same problems but everyone seems to have a different approach to routine and I think that that's 
maybe something to think about if you're a, a PhD researcher listening to this is that it's okay if you're not doing what Jess is doing and even though you know I I feel like I know people who are thriving and doing so much better than me in this time I know that I couldn't do what they do and that if I tried to it would probably mm. not do me any good yeah I mean I think over time it will re- on these podcasts I it will, you know I have not been thriving and performing routine is not necessarily living well like not feeling well the two aren't married together I guess yeah so yeah I guess what I wanted to say to kind of close this one off is that whatever you're doing if you're you know if you're getting out of bed if you're getting some little thing done if you're keeping your on top of your pile of laundry whatever you're doing you're brushing your hair, which I haven't done for many days now. You're <laughs> probably doing great, and there's no value in comparing yourself to others, which is such a not safe for publication mantra. Everyone does it differently. Not safe I know, for publication but it's, it's actually it's a, a lot easier now to not compare the yourself to others when you're literally the Faculty of Humanities at the University people. of Manchester. Absolutely. If you want to get in touch with us, cool. you can reach us on Twitter well, thanks at for listening NSFP Podcast. To or you can this, email this us of not at nsfppodcast at gmail. Yeah, thank you, Georgia. Our thank intro you, and outro music and is we'll see you next Hat week the Jazz by Twin Music